This is Neil Amani, and you're listening to Tremors from the Heart. Today I'm joined by Nimai Headmark, and we're going to talk about... How are you feeling? What's on your mind? Well, I just wrote about Krishna, so you're probably going to have to speak up too. I just wrote about Krishna on the blog, just like, like all the various ways that he can be understood okay. and perceived, and how the reciprocal nature of Krishna is that he interacts with you as you interact with him. And I, and I think that that makes it really um, interesting the varieties in which we, we interact with him. Um, you know, what do you think about that idea? I'm sure you've thought about that a lot. Well, certainly as a, a bhakta... Um, it puts a special significance on bhakti yoga. Right. Okay. In the sense that um, the onus is on you. Mm -hmm. right? So Krishna doesn't force himself mm -hmm. in any way. Mm. Right? He's super gentle. He's super detached. Mm -hmm. Atmaram, and he's a perfect yogi, so he's going with the flow. Right. So it puts a special significance on the process of bhakti yoga in the sense that the ball is in your court. You are actually not limited by anything. In one sense, you would say that you're, you have your conditioned nature and you have all the obstacles and all those things, but at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. You're only limited by your desire. That's the only limitation. Mm. That's the truth. Srila Prabhupada says that by desire you come into this world and by desire alone you leave. That's the yeah. own qualification. Yeah. So we spend so much time talking about I'm not worthy and you know, I'm not pure enough and I'm not I'm not this and I'm not that. Oh, someday I'll you know like when we were talking to Drew about the Sudama story. But the actual thing comes down to do you want to associate with Krishna. Right. That's it. That's it. End of story. Yeah. And if you degree, want to associate want with to, him, then, then he'll be he'll in your life. Will make, he will According make his presence. According to the yeah. size of that desire. desire. He will make his presence more or less known. Yeah. And, and, uh, he will inspire you. Yeah. Right? And, so the devotees, what they do is they take shelter of other devotees. Because unlike other devotees, I mean, unlike Krishna, um, 
Other devotees mm. really want to fan that fire. Krishna won't. He won't. He won't. Um, he won't push. Right. Mm-hmm. He'll let you go at your own pace. Mm-hmm. But devotees, they want you to have Krishna. Yeah. So it's like it's like it's fire. like you know someone finding the the most precious precious gem or most amazing movie that you've yeah. ever seen. You want everybody to see it or. You know, the best food that you ever had, you're just raving about it. You want everybody to eat that food. And, yeah. you know, so, so it's the same that so Christ- then, people who actually find a bit of a taste for Krishna, it's like, oh my God, how can we get people to yeah. like... So then um, you you see how the instruction of Krishna that the worship of my devotee is more, uh, is mm-hmm. superior to worshiping me. Right. Right? That's a really... Uh, complex statement it has a lot of meaning from a lot of different angles so on the first level the idea of worshipping Krishna is that you're trying to make Krishna happy mm-hmm. and because the devotees are dear to Krishna by worshipping the devotee by serving the devotee you make Krishna happy mm-hmm. right? but on another level you could see that by rendering service to the devotee the devotee has the capacity to bless you in your endeavor Either by fanning the fire of your attraction to Krishna, mm-hmm. by association, you're with someone who may have more than you, mm-hmm. right? That's the ideal goal is to go to someone who has more attraction to Krishna, has more devotion to Krishna than you. Yeah. Right? And by being around them, you will naturally... Um, develop an appreciation for Krishna. Right. Because they will be, um, certainly at the top, they will be joyful. Right. Well, what should someone do who's never never met a devotee, a person who's never met a devotee before? So then you've never met a devotee, then you read about them. Right? So like the Chaitanya Charitamrita or Srimad Bhagavatam, Srimad Bhagavatam and Chaitanya Charitamrita are are stories, not stories, but they're the pastimes, the histories of devotees. Mm. Right? And so, you, um, they're transcendental personalities who, just like the Lord, can be invoked by their names. Right. Right? You can contemplate their names. You can do Namasmarna, where you literally do Japa. Of the various names, devotees' names. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you contemplate them. Mm. Like, deeply. Think about them. Who are they? Mm. Yogis are typically familiar with um, Patanjali. Yeah. Right, modern yoga, they're yeah. they're very much familiar with Patanjali, but they um they seem to gloss over the statements in Patanjali's Yoga Sutras about the power of Ishwar Pranidan for bestowing samadhi, you know, perfection of yoga on the sadaka. Um what do you think it is that has the Western world so shy to actually identify Ishvara according to even the, you know, I would say that there are several commentaries on the Yoga Sutras and each one of them well, I think made an attempt to identify who the Ishvara was. And Vyasa said it was Vishnu. Well, I think in general, uh, people are a little bit um, gun shy of religion in general mm-hmm. in this day and age. Right? Mm-hmm. And so yoga has been has become broadly practiced, but 
there has been a, you know, for the most part, a deliberate attempt to keep that um, non-sectarian and and um, um, what's the word I'm searching for? Religious. Religious. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's another word, but um, I guess concrete or fixed. Which, you know, fair enough, it's fair to, to have that label a little bit more open-ended because even the Vedas, even we have that, we give it open-ended that you can see Ishvara as Krishna, Narayana, Shiva, Shiva, even sometimes Devi. So, but the thing is that at the end of the day, you have exactly. to also listen to their statements. If those Ishvaras tell you that, that actually Krishna is the supreme, that well, all there's those... There's something to be said about following your natural inclination. Mm-hmm. And that's important for... Um, cultivating you stand, your mood. But also right? Cultivating your mood, but also like being respectful to other people. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, like we see classically, uh, whichever sect can be aggressive about their particular viewpoint, viewpoint, right? And not necessarily encourage or be gentle about allowing people Mm -hmm. to uh, explore their own natural inclination. Right. And so... um, I liked, you know, going back to the beginning of this, it's like the idea as a devotee of Krishna that you make Krishna attractive and you are like Krishna's champion. Mm -hmm. But you're not doing that in a fire and brimstone kind of way. We rely on the fact that we're attracted to Krishna. Right. He must be attractive, Mm. right? Mm. I'm attracted to Krishna. And and, and you'll find that every person you talk to will find something kind of different, right? Because... Everybody's heart is a little different, and everybody will find something slightly uniquely different. Krishna is unique to every person. Right. Everyone's Krishna is slightly different. That's a concept that's incredible in of itself. Krishna is unique to every person. Right. And so, the devotee's role is to glorify what's unique about Krishna. All right, so what do you find unique about Krishna? Um, what do I like about Krishna? I really like the paradox. Something I think about a lot. How Krishna, by his own very nature, sits on the precipice of paradox. He's always, you'll always find him at the precipice of paradox. And so he has things in his, his personality that are unique. He is the... Um, it makes him able to be, for example, if you hear any love song, mm-hmm. he is the object of a love song. Mm. Right? Like he's all the uh, the Nayakas. Right? Mm-hmm. Nayaka... Hero, heroes. The hero, right? The Nayas. Nayaka. 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 The Nayaka and Nayaka. Mm. Right? So... Um, when you hear any love song, mm-hmm. he is either the 
singer. The singer? Or the one or who's... Or the one being sung about. Yeah. Every single one. Mm-hmm. And because he sits on... It's amazing. You have to explain that a little more clearly. Because So explain what you mean by sitting on the pre- precipice of well, okay. paradox. Like a, so like, give like, me the example of the main, when you say paradox. Like, for example... What do you he's, mean? Well, two contradictory... Mm-hmm. Seemingly impossibly contradictory qualities mm-hmm. lining up, lining up, right? So, like one that's I find charming is how Krishna is perfectly honest, mm-hmm. right? Right. He never tells a lie, right? But he is constantly, in a sense, lying. Yeah. Right. But the way he does it. He does it in such a way, that, such it's a way that it's never a lie, it's never but it's lie, always it's always true. Yeah. But it's never quite the truth that you're <laughs> thinking that it is, because he's right. so expert with language. Right. He's more literal than the inferred meaning, oftentimes. Right. And so he it makes for his Leela to be quite fun and funny. He's very funny. Mm. Right? So another you know paradox is that he is um he is um the perfect hero mm-hmm. and he's also the perfect rogue right right so for example in the story of rukmini um she was a princess who'd never met him but she had heard about him and she was about to be her family had arranged for her to be married to a particular prince. And she really didn't want to be married to Shishupal. Right. Right? And so she um, she thought, ah, to heck with this. I, I The only person I can see myself marrying is Krishna. I've heard about all about him and I've heard <laughs> about his his charming qualities and his dalliances and I've heard everything and, mm-hmm. and I and, and I just can't stop thinking about him. Right. So if I've gotta marry someone I don't know, you know, she's she had an arranged marriage to Shishapal, well might as well I might as well throw my chips in with Krishna. Yeah. And I can't think of a better person to want to marry. Right. Right? So she sends a message with the Brahmana, the family Brahmana and she sends him quickly to Mathura. She says, please, please take this message to Krishna. She mm-hmm. sends a letter to Krishna. Mm-hmm. And Krishna, she, she says, Krishna, I, I, um, I can think of no other person that I would rather marry. Please come and rescue me. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to be married on this day, at this time. And I know that I'm probably nothing or no one to you, but somehow or other... I pledge myself to you. Would you please accept me? Right. Something along those lines, right? Right. So then, Krishna, he's like, "Let's do this. Let's do this." Right? <laughs> so, so um, he hops on his fastest horses, and in the letter, she tells Krishna that it's the tradition of their family that they go and they worship Durga mm-hmm. before they get married. Mm-hmm. So she'll be at the temple, and then she's going to have to go walk on this long procession from the temple back mm-hmm. to the palace. Mm-hmm. And that, that would probably be a good opportunity. A good opportunity, right? So Krishna, uh, he goes, and 
as she's in procession, all the princes and all the kings and all the different families are, being, are invited for the wedding. And they're all lining the streets and the whole city is there to see Rukmini on her wedding day. She's like the goddess. She's the goddess of fortune. The most, just absolutely stunningly beautiful. And uh, everybody's stunned. She is the picture of beauty. Mm -hmm. And while everybody's stunned, Krishna just rides in there, puts her on a chariot, and takes off. Nobody it takes knows. like a little bit of, like, you know, <laughs> the, they'll be like, what's going on? Huh? What? What? Huh? What? And, and it, it, it takes, there's a delayed, what? Hey, what? Everyone's like, hey, wait a, wait a second. <laughs> he's, he's, he's stealing her. He's running away with her. Right? On Shishupal's wedding day. Yeah. Right? She was betrothed to him. The family had already arranged it. Mm. Right? So you could say on the level that it was, he was a rogue. He, came, he literally came in and stole the prize. Yeah. Right? Mm. But at the same time, he was... Reciprocating, reciprocating with the devotee's with desire. The devotee's desire. Yeah. She said, I'm going to marry you. Right. And let's please make this happen. I want to marry you. That was her desire. Right. Right? And so Krishna rides off and uh, he's... Hands the reins up to Rukmini. She's driving, she, you know, yeah. expertly directing the horses. And, and Krishna's Krishna fighting, fighting from the back off. of his chariot. He's all these kings. And he's a super archer, right? Yeah. Krishna is the, he's, he's considered to be one of the greatest bowmen and like super fast. It's like, what an amazing thing to like, how many different skills and amazing talents yeah. That Krishna manifested. That it's like if you were a hunter, you'd look at Krishna and you'd be like, "Oh my God, this dude is epic. He's so good with the bow." And then, you know, if you were a musician, you would think, "Wow, what an amazing flutist he is, and what an amazing musician he is." And even even in just the way Krishna dresses himself, you know, if you're a fashionista, hmm. they the, the way they describe how expert Krishna is at decorating himself and sort of peacocking and, and extravagant mm. the way he he decorates himself and, and dresses it's like what a multi i guess the the multi-faceted being like it's just unbelievable the more you you go into trying to understand him the, the so, more the more there yeah. is to try to understand when you, when you like you know another example of the paradox precipice of paradox is how Krishna he is the supreme enjoyer yeah right and he's also the topmost yogi mm -hmm. the most detached mm -hmm. in one sense you could say he is the one who perfectly enjoys because he's perfectly not detached. he's perfectly detached and he's not trying to force or grab grab mm. He's allowing himself to interact with the world in the cosmic flow perfectly. Mm. Perfectly. Right? And so then what happens is it creates a perfect balance. He creates perfect balance in doing so. Mm. Right? Right. And so he sets the highest example of what a topmost yogi is. And it's in somewhat of a contrast 
to our vision of the topmost yogi because we tend to think of Lord Shiva as the topmost yogi. Right. Right? Because he's the topmost ascetic. I mean, there's different darshans of Shiva, right? There's the darshan of Lord Shiva as the the family man with Ganesh and Kartikeya. And then they, they have, you know, Narada Pancharacha describes the the home, the palace of Lord Shiva. Yeah. Very often, I mean, the very typical, beautiful. The typical the Kailash is not just yeah. a barren forest, but actually, no, it's, you know, it's yeah. an opulent... But the typical view is of the of, of a detached person, what a yogi supposed yeah, to yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is this, you know... Is the Nagababas with their dreads and no clothes, and there's something attractive about that. Yeah. So that the freedom, the freedom, the freedom, you know, and the, and the, the idea that these people can can keep themselves happy with such with little, nothing. and that's that's self-imposed, not imposed by tragedy or yeah. by turmoil. Yeah. That a that a renunciant, you know, the real purpose of having people pursue those kinds of paths so that that was taught even was to show really that one could become completely self-satisfied with nothing with nothing yeah and that this is the this is sort of the lie that the material world the the western culture and the you know rastafarians would call it babylon right yeah they try to promote this idea that in order to be happy you need all this extra stuff that all this extra shit that that's really not that it's not even possible for that to give you happiness. Mm. And because what they do is they, they, they intertwine happiness and pleasure. Yeah. Right? They intertwine those two things that people think, oh, pleasure equals happiness. happiness. When in fact, happiness is its own thing completely. And that yogis actually find that through meditation they can achieve states of happiness that are so profound it makes pleasure of the body like sort of a joke like oh really you're wow look at you you've got that wow it's like just wait you know just wait to see how amazing that is all that pursuit is when you're on the you know threshold of death it's not very not very useful for guiding you through that process and ultimately right we're all trying to live a life in such a way that death isn't such a problem right i mean yeah who wants to live their last few years in just total fear and total anxiety and total fear and then as it gets closer and closer you know you can probably sense that rumbling of dread mm. You know, death is walking only a few feet behind you, just waiting to tap you on the shoulder. I mean, the sense of dread that you must carry with you when you don't have an understanding of, of, you know, your actual nature, of the potential that you have to to live past your death, in a sense, right? To remain conscious even after you die. You know... We we have this philosophy in the West of you only have one life and live it to its fullest. Mm. And I think that, you know, people in my age generation seem to really fall for that notion. Mm. And it's pretty it's 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 so damaging for the way people what people choose to pursue. But for a, a devotee, 
they expect that when death taps them on the shoulder, they turn around and look who's standing there. No one but Krishna. Yeah. Right? So, oh, old friend, I remember you. Let's go. Yeah. Right? No big deal. And if all of this is just totally imagination, what's the loss? If at the end of life, we die, nothing happens. You just, you're gone. You just blimp out of existence and that's it. Well, am I suffering? No. Mm. Right? But my life, I lived without fear of death. Mm. Way better. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. And, I'm, and I think that also living with the idea that your actions will follow you even after death. You know, your choices, you might... Yeah. You might have better choices. <laughs> Make better choices. You're, you know, the consequences don't end just because you died. Mm. You know, that keeps going. Mm. So the make better choices in your life. I think these are such useful things that Krishna consciousness or or yoga philosophy and, and bhakti, especially the philosophies of bhakti, that really... guide us towards a much higher way of living, much more refined way of living. It's refined. It's not so... It's not dogmatic and, and, and rigid. Well, As some be, people can, can be. be. Some people way. can be like that. But but ultimately, it's a very kind, forgiving, uh, liberal, simple, but principled yeah. life. You know? It's not the sort of anything goes of a hippie but it's also not the like completely rigid but it's also it's not like that not based on um dogmatic imposition there's a rhyme and a reason it's right? a tuning to reality is and what also I think. there's a there's a um a natural Disinterest, would you say? Well, in my own, I would say for myself, that um, as meditation becomes more, uh, more, more practiced, right? And I'm more fluent in that space. Mm -hmm. And better... Like you have sitting meditation where you're like, you know, you're meditating. Mm -hmm. But then there's also what they call like the waking meditation. Like your post meditation, meditation. Yeah, post meditation or your, your, your life, how you meditate through life. Mm -hmm. And you hear a lot of people, I mean, there's various aspects to this. Like, you know, we know that life is a narrative. And the narrative you tell, how you occupy your mind is going to have a tremendous impact on the life that you live mm -hmm. because you're experiencing the story you tell right mm -hmm. and we have all kinds of inspirational speakers and and uh you know workout gurus and things like that 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 understand this concept but the idea of meditate walking post meditation is that you're you are maintaining that meditative space while you're going on on with your your day-to-day -day activities yeah your mind is absorbed Mm -hmm. in the self mm. right 
And a bhakti yoga will understand that the supreme self is Krishna. So his mind will be engaged thinking about that supreme lord mm. and all his characteristics mm -hmm. whatever in whichever way he's attracted to contemplating mm -hmm. right like i oftentimes i study jyoti so i'm i which is vedic astrology for anyone who doesn't know that word um and so i'm thinking about the universe a lot mm -hmm. thinking about the cosmos i'm thinking about space i'm thinking so oftentimes i'm thinking about those things in context with the supreme being mm -hmm. right that's my natural inclination mm -hmm. Other people might have other interests, and so they might. Yeah, there's a there's actually in that, other ways. And there's that concept of applying your own natural passion as a type of uh, metaphor or description yeah. of Krishna. Yeah, I mean, literally, uh, there's everything becomes a yoga. Yeah. Right. You surf yoga. Make mm. it yoga. Yeah. You do jujitsu. Yoga. Yoga. Yeah. If you play music, make it yoga. Right. If you if you um, you know. Anything. It's just add Krishna, or at least depending add on your particular yeah, add consciousness, Basically but add also consciousness, consciousness and and a sense of uh, adoration. Yeah, you know, service, adoration, appreciation, the the very various ways which you could say the supreme is. This is a not a very good word, but illustrated. Right. Um, there are varieties of ways that this is done. You know, in the West, he was illustrated like in the, in the you know, the old old yeah. man with the beard, right? I think people really found that in the West, have slowly, slowly lost interest in that image. Didn't have the same appeal, but you know, that's only one image. And there are so many other beautiful, you know, Buddha, very beautiful, very peaceful, very, you know, anybody who looks at a beautiful Tangta or Buddha is immediately like, wow, that's so beautiful. Mm. Um, Shiva, Durga, Vishnu, Narayan, you know, all these, these images of very, very high states of being. These are personalities of very, very elevated status. All of them, Jina. Yeah. But there's something to be said about the, this is, you know, one of the things that I like about Krishna is that to me, he has all of those qualities of all of those different things, right? There's this sort of all encompassing, his life as well has so many different parts. Yeah. And in those different parts, he, exempl he makes himself exemplary of a very particular feature Right, as Bala Gopal, he's the perfect child, right? He's yeah. the perfect friend. Which is very naughty. Very naughty. Not a good, you know, no. always making the mother worry about him. Yeah. Always, where is Krishna? Where is Krishna? What has he gotten up to? And, and you know, the, the most amazing of all lovers, the best of all students, you know, even his 12 years of doing sadhana in, in, um, in the mountains to get... Pradumya or Aniruddha as his son, Pradumna as his son, and that that they described that he wore jata and and did his his tapasya to worship Lord Shiva, so he became the perfect Shaiva sadhu. Like there's just you know there's there's just endless things that you could 
you know, you could meditate on to satisfy all those different varieties of moods that all nicely contained in Krishna and his story. That's that's something that I really like about Krishna. And I also like that despite the sweetness, there's this sort of danger. Right? Like, Krishna is... You know, the way he deals with demons is so ruthless, right? He's, he's death itself, right? But then you're seeing this charming 16-year-old youth, right? But there's always this sort of recognition of like, oh, shit, like, whoa. Like, he's dangerous. That guy is dangerous. He's not a pushover. He's not just soft, sweet, and gentle. He's dangerous and soft, sweet, and gentle. Like, to the max of both. I think, you know, I think that is just um, a very special idea of, even if, if, even if, if, if someone would say, oh, well, you know, it's imagination, you know, yeah, yeah. these are just people who come up with these philosophies and da 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 and I would say, okay, fine, fine, you say like that, that's your view on it, but tell me, really, can you think of a better idea? A better description of life, all of its paradoxes, all its highs and lows, all of reality, to be condensed into this one personality that exhibits the nature of reality in its behavior. Hmm. Well, also, ultimately, where it... it um... The pinnacle of experience with Krishna is divine rapture mm. and love. Mm. Mm. Right? Yeah. It's not awe and reverence. Mm. It's not fear. Mm. It's not um, even peace. Right? Yeah. It's pure peace. Just like this peace. Right. It's divine rapture. Volcanic Love. Ecstasy, yeah, yeah, right. Just love at its absolute precipice. Yeah, and pinnacle. how that love, that pinnacle of love, is mm. expressed and can be expressed um, between yourself and any person, actually. Mm. When you recognize that the root of their being is Krishna. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you hear people talk about how there's no love, no real love in the material world. Mm -hmm. And I understand the logic of that explanation, but I also find it slightly lacking. Mm -hmm. There's no love on the material platform. No right. real love on the material planet because everything is motivated in some way. Because like we talked about how happiness gets happiness and pleasure get mixed up, but love and pleasure get real confusing too. Mm -hmm. You know, the the way love and sex confuses everything. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So when the on the material platform, when you're not identifying the self at its truest, then the love gets Increasingly gross, grosser, mm. and more 
contaminated by some kind of a motivation, mm. right? Mm. And the more refined your um, identification, or the more true is probably the better word, mm-hmm. the identification is, the less motivated it is. Mm-hmm. And so if one can bring themselves to the spiritual platform, even here and now, yeah. they can experience true and genuine love. For another human being. For another human being. Any and living, in fact, they any should, they, entity, they, right? the, 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 the pure devotee, devotee has, has nothing but heart. genuine love for every, every living entity. entity right? right. So we don't have to go through the world thinking, oh, we're going to do this thing so we can go somewhere else. Right. Right? Mm. See, this is the problem oftentimes with religion is the it's like we have to escape this world to have something. to have the 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 garden of eden right or the kingdom of god right and even if there is a garden of eden in the kingdom of god mm. it's not a uh location the same way our concept of location, location is, yeah. is right right and so the flaw in that approach is that we can be um in our effort to abandon ship right we can be uh we can neglect we can be cruel we can be cruel yeah Yeah. i was trying to be gentle about it but we can be cruel and Mm. and horrible to everyone in our world Mm. and essentially uh it's like i've taken an arrow to the knee because you've you've essentially failed yeah because you haven't actually recognized krishna in, in the world at all in the world at all Right. It's you're you're making the claim that Krishna is not even in the world, yeah. and 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 because that cannot be true because the material world he says is pervaded by him, yeah. and that there's only there's only really Krishna. So you know, well, Prabhupada said that if if everything is Krishna, where's the Maya? Yeah, exactly. So then it's like if everything is Krishna, where's the material world? There is no, there material. Is no material world. The material world is a functional reality. Yeah, it's a matrix. Right? So it's a functional reality. That's the functional reality. The material platform is functional reality. Until objective you, reality. Objective, yeah. yeah. Right? So um, one can, through practice and mercy, mm-hmm. function on the spiritual platform. Fastest way to get to that. Fastest way to get to that. Ooh. Well, the fastest way to get to that is to meet someone who's on that platform. That's mm-hmm. the truth. Right? Mm-hmm. And to ask for his help. Right, but, but given that's, not... that's difficult to even discern well, for someone. What did Mahaprabhu teach? I'm not sure. What did he say the fastest way? Hari Nam, Hari Nam, Hari Nam. The name. The, the name, the name of Krishna, especially in that mantra, the Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. If you meditate on that mantra, explore it. Explore it. And and really deeply dive into, you know, chanting it, also reading about it, so that you get an understanding of the. And I would say while you're doing that, think, contemplate, contemplate, but also 
the fastest way is treat every single person with absolute kindness. I mean, that's, you know, do unto others mm. as you'd like to do unto you. That That is profoundly true, mm. right? So... The, 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 the um, service mentality. Bhakti yoga means service. Mm. Right? We're serving Krishna. But that opportunity extends at every moment. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. So, um, with conscious endeavor, you can see that you can um, endeavor to be pleasant that you are uh, you're adding to the situation in a in a beneficial positive way, way. positive way right it's a positive a mindset positive that mindset, positive that attitude you're, that you're kind, giving that you're giving generous. you're not greedy you're yeah. not gonna you're not gonna you're not you're not out to cheat people, cheat people yeah. and, and and treat people with disrespect yeah. we don't need we don't have to have these huge ego battles and 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 Right. Step on other people, or, right. or get you know have to cut people down, right. or you know that that and it can be simple things. Have a smile on your face, and, mm. and and when someone talks to you, you actually look them in the eye and give them your time and attention. These right. little, all these little things, they are big things. They're really big things mm. because the more you treat others kindly, the more you'll treat yourself kindly. Yeah, and you have conscious respect for other people. You have conscious yeah. respect for yourself, and so that's a very important. You want to have a speedy trip to the spiritual platform, then that's the most important facet. I would say, hands so, down, on top of your chanting your of, of, of the Ma Mantra. Over it? No, not over it. Okay. Ma Mantra is the top. Okay, but. Of all other principles that you have to practice, yeah, along with Mahamantra, that is the top. Well, because they, they that basically embodies the principles of humility and tolerance and 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 affection and affection, right? It should really it should be humility, tolerance, and affection. But I liked uh, we were reading the Janma, you know, two day two days ago. Yeah, it was Janmasani. And so um, my daughter was reading The Birth of Krishna and Gopal Champu by mm -hmm. uh, Jiva Goswami. And it describes how Nandamaraj, uh, the generosity of Nandamaraj when Krishna was born, and how he was giving away, you know, thousands upon thousands of cows. Yeah. And wealth and just everything. Mm -hmm. And it described how, generally speaking, a generous person is one who. When somebody comes to you and asks for assistance, that you will give it. Right. But Nandamaraj was... Giving without asking. Was giving without asking. Yeah. And so he was being acknowledged as the top most generous person. Yeah. Right? Right. He was so generous that he, you didn't even have to ask him. Hmm. And so... Um, Krishna consciousness is cultivating... These kind of qualities, right? They are uh, nurturing for yourself. Yeah, they're good for you. Yeah, they they literally nurture yourself. Mm. Nanda Maharaj and Yashoda nurture Krishna. Right. And if you discover, if you take the time to contemplate those two individuals and what their names mean, who they are. And you incorporate that into and your you being. you incorporate that into your life, you will nurture yourself. 
Yeah. You will become happy, joyful. You will become uh, Atmaram. You'll be peaceful. You will not need to pursue anything because everything that you need is already there. Right. It's already there. And then it's just a natural flow. And then it's just a natural flow. Yeah. And then you flow through your life consciously. Mm. Flow. Mm. Right? And so, likewise, you can you can look at um, all the various leelas and pastimes and the personalities within them and how they interact with Krishna and the service, how they serve Krishna. Right? Mm-hmm. And then you will be able to understand if you took the time to contemplate, to meditate on each of them, how by adopting them into your life, mm. how you will serve yourself. Well, ultimately we're trying to be sort of adopted into the Gokula, right? The family of yeah. cowherds, the family of the... Tribe. The tribe of, of Krishna's family. And, and this is the... This means that we have to kind of attain that quality that they they all possess within ourselves, so that we go there and we don't make a mess, we don't kind of ruin, spoil the mood with our. Yeah, and you can also, likewise, you can use the inverse as as being true as well. Mm. That uh, the qualities that would not be allowed in mm. in that sacred space, mm. right? Which qualities? by their absence, right? Mm. You can take the um, the opposites of any of those individuals and go, no, it wouldn't be welcome. Right. That was a pretty fun little discussion. Yep. Thank um, you so much, Abby. No problem. I hope, um, you know, hope that's helpful for someone and, and if, uh, if anyone has any questions or comments or, um, you know, I'm sure Avi would uh, be more than happy to accommodate your inquiries. So I hope, you know, I welcome people to um, to interact. Have you started your Jyotish page yet? Are no. you going to do that soon? No, I have to do it soon, yeah. Um, you're on Facebook though, right? I am on Facebook, yep. I've and you are that. offering your Jyotish services, right, at the moment? You're, uh, you're, yes, you're I, gonna... I, I, I could do readings if someone uh, so needed a reading. And what are you on Facebook? Your Nimai Nishringapali Headmark. Okay. So if anyone's interested in getting a very good uh, Vedic astrology reading done, I highly recommend Nimai Nishringapali Headmark for that. Um, I'm sure you'll get a lot of very interesting insight into your own personality and your life and things that can be done to sort of remedy some of the harder parts of, of what's been going on in your life. Um, I strongly encourage people to um, reach out to him and try to set up a reading. Um, that's all for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate everybody that comes on to this, this space and, and actually tries to understand where we're coming from. Um, and thanks for all your appreciation and support. Until next time, Jai Nitai.